Hello and welcome back to the Big Things Coming podcast with Brooke and Becca. Today, we've got a special guest. Andy Alvarez is here with us today. Let's welcome Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Andy. Oh, of course. We'd love to have guests. I mean, yes. he's our first guest so far. Yes, right? um, it's great to have you. Um, who are you and why do we know you? Um, we met uh, in film school, both of us, and... Uh, we became very fast friends, all three of us, and uh, now we uh, are shooting the shit. Hell yeah, we're we shooting, are shooting the shit. The Actually, shit. we got big things coming. Oh yeah, yeah. We had to coming. change our name um, because of um, inappropriateness, legal anyway. issues. I'm yeah, sorry, legal but issues. I was a fan before you guys sold out. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> Andy's been with us since the old days. I don't know, the shoot the shit days. So, it's been yeah. a while. It has been. We've tried many different <laughs> sites and forums of sharing our talents. Did you guys know that there's an Ice Eaters Forum? What? It's called the Ice Eaters Forum. I'm not lying. And it's a forum about people who love eating ice. I love eating ice. No, seriously, I'm not even kidding. Sometimes I'll ask, like, I'll be craving, like, a water-flavored slushie. <laughs> Like, I want ice chips, like so, you get at the so hospital. So just, like, shaven... A water-flavored slushy. Yes. A.K.A. Crushed ice. Like, oh, okay. Ice shards. <laughs> ice shards? I, no, oh, not... ice shards. Ice shards. <laughs> Ew, an eye shard. <laughs> uh, anyway. Just, just, we're getting a bit off track. Let's get back on the track. And he's a little bit under the weather today. Um, sorry, this is our first time managing a three-person conversation. I'm sorry. First time managing a three-way. Pardon, I'm done. Um, so, now we, now, uh, we wanted to talk about um, your guys' experience in film school. Okay. Um, obviously, I wasn't in film school. But um, you did participate but, yeah. in over, probably almost, uh, like... I mean, friggin', we made a bunch of short films in the fall, and you were probably in, like, ten of them, I'd say, yeah. or less. Like, I don't know, like, at least... Actually, yeah, there. literally, I think, at least twelve. I remember conducting an audition that you were in, and I was like, who really? was that girl? Yeah. What because, one? Um, it was for Once More From The Top, the one that uh, I worked on in editing. Really? No yeah. way! Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I want to talk about that. Oh, I didn't enjoy that audition. Once More From The Top was just nominated for Leo Award. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Yeah, and congratulations to that. I want to congratulate both Evan Friesen and Andy, because Andy edited it, and mm-hmm. obviously a show is absolutely nothing without the editor, and the editor yeah. is, you know, always behind the curtain. Nobody ever knows who the editor is. So, uh, yeah, check out Once More From The Top. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not anywhere online, obviously, because it's going through cir- uh, festival cir- circuits and whatnot. But, However, but, like, yeah, Andy yeah. is the... Uh, well, his name is... Say your name, Andres. <laughs> Andres. Right, yeah, but the if accent it sounds it. much better. <laughs> I sound like a white ass bitch when I. Andres. <laughs> but also, shout out to Evan. He was he was dope to yeah, work with. Yeah. And uh, it was a fun editing process. It was long, but it paid off. I feel. Yeah, I definitely auditioned for it. Didn't get it. Still better. I'm just kidding. I was the um, casting <laughs> agent too. So <laughs> sorry about oh, that. Um, but it's crazy because big things actually came for them. So. Props. No, seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well, sick. Let's, let's talk about other films uh, Andy has edited or directed or um, written or whatever. I directed a movie at school as well, which was also a great <laughs> film school experience is when you get to direct. And that's something I really want to talk about because yeah. I, I initially went into film school wanting to be an editor, and I still want to be an editor. But I recently discovered that I really enjoy writing, and um, I really enjoyed directing even though I, I, I initially thought that I w- did not want anything to do with directing and that's something that I think is great especially for people who want to learn how to make films mm-hmm. is 
even if you're not in film school, like round up some friends, round up your DSLR, your camera, yeah. even your iPhone, and just like shoot something and just kind of like shoot that shit. Shoot yeah. the friggin' shit. Shoot the shit and just make something and experience what it's like to just like create a film. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I th- honestly, that's what I think I don't do enough is like, yeah. get out there. Or, like, write a skit. It's, like, yeah. the lowest amount of effort. You know, you don't have... It doesn't have to be perfect. And that's another thing that I think I stress over a lot is, like, it has to be perfect before I go to production or go to a picture or mm. whatever. And I never end up doing it because it's, like, I'm always striving for perfection in the re- in the writing. And that's kind of what I'm struggling with with my other project. Uh, it's called The Outlier, and it's been in friggin' progress for, like, over a year. But, like, Big things coming. Big things coming. <laughs> big things and it's just like when is it coming you know like that's that's mm-hmm. kind of like the overall theme of this podcast mm-hmm. is like we're trying to get things to actually come and we want big things to yeah be coming you kind of just have to make your own shit yeah. like you like it's it you can just sit around and wait for stuff to come to you but it that just doesn't really happen that often so you kind of just have to make shit for yourself until it does start coming I'm constantly thinking, in, especially in the summer months, about what I want to write next. Because last year, I got the opportunity to write one of the scripts that got made, which was fantastic mm-hmm. for me, because I did not know that I was capable of that. I really thought that I was just going to write something that was just going to get graded yeah. and just, you know, like, not Yeah, that's chosen. pretty cool. You kind of get to, like, you get to get a chance in all the different fields which mm. is kind of fun especially in this industry because you can you can explore and you can be more than one thing no yeah definitely like they're you know like people who write direct produce and yeah act. yeah it's like yeah pe- people like that exist so mm-hmm. yeah multi-talented people um so one thing i wanted to bring up was like just how cool it is that like an idea can exist and then just over time it gets molded mm-hmm. into like an actual thing until it's on screen. So like I remember last November you and I were at a party and Andy was telling me about like an idea he had and we were kind of like having this cold read circle with all of our friends. I think it was more yeah. so than a party. But um, No, yeah, it was more of a cold read. Yeah, yeah. So we we're doing uh, kind of cold reads for our very first drafts of our seven-page scripts and Andy read his, or no, you you had an idea at that point, but you had yeah, actually it wasn't even anything. it wasn't even on paper yet. It was yeah. just an outline. So for he had an idea for the screenplay called uh, Ink Splotches, and he told all of us, and we were all like pretty into it, and we were all like, sounds really like a really good story. And then he was like, yeah, but I'm just thinking about the idea, like I don't know if I'm gonna do anything with it. And then he went through and he like wrote it, and then I guess throughout the like the course we were in screenwriting, it ended up being selected to potentially be chosen as one of the screenplays that we would create as a short film in the spring. And his script was put into a pool of... T- Ten or so scripts, was it? I thought it was 20 they upped it up yeah. to. Be- like, be- out, of a, out of about 90 scripts, there was, like, mm. 20 or less chosen. Mm. And, and eight films get made, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it depends on whoever wants to direct. They would pitch whatever script it was. Mm. From the pool. Yeah. And Andy just so happened to have uh, our friend Rain LeMay direct it, and I think it turned out pretty mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's a really unique film. It's like, it's definitely got like Andy vibes mixed with Rain, and then like our friend Maddie Friesen also edited it. And it was, it was like a really cool collaborative effort, and I was the first assistant director, um... Cena Sultani was the DOP. I mean, I could just list all the credits. Everybody in the crew was amazing. No, yeah, everybody did a fantastic job. Yeah. I couldn't have asked for like a better crew, especially at the time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I honestly felt like I was on a high mm-hmm. during the shoot because you're Everybody with... Everybody was just very passionate. Yeah, you're with, a, you're with a crew that's so like... That's what that's what's really important and I think people forget that on set is that like we're supposed to be having fun. Mm-hmm. And, and like we're all yeah. working towards making something great. Making mm-hmm. a friggin' story. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hugest like issues right now with like big you know big studio network shows Mm -hmm. is like there's no team mentality i mean like there might be in some departments but overall like it's pretty weak it's not strong like it is in you know passion projects or small indies films and i mean like the indie film hustle that shit is like real as hell and like when you have a really awesome team and you're like with your friends who you love to death like it couldn't be more fun and, like, you're, when you're on set for 12 to however many hours you're actually wanting to dedicate on set, maybe 18 or 20, it's, like, you have to be surrounded by people who support you and who love you. Otherwise, it's not going to be fun, and you can't survive. It was also just super reassuring that, like, as soon as I knew that the script was going to get made, everybody was just, like, so passionate about it, and everybody's throwing out ideas. And it was, like, a great feeling for me, especially being the writer, because it's, like, oh, no, like... Are people going to get what I'm trying to get through? Like, do people understand the story? Like, I remember constantly trying to explain myself whenever I would explain the story to people. And then I'd be like, does everything make sense? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I totally get it. But in my mind, it's like, oh, yeah, like, it it only makes sense to me. So it was super reassuring to hear, like, people's feedback and excitement to work on the project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was really excited to work on it, too. I remember I was actually going to pitch it. But I knew so many people who were also pitching it. That I felt like, okay, there's people who could probably direct this better than I personally could. So I decided to pitch something else, like, completely different. A comedy. But I also kind of felt like, in the end, because so many people were pitching your story, that it was inevitably going to be made. So I didn't feel like, I don't know, what's the word? Like, a sense of, like, I'm letting go of a project that's never going to resurface. Like, I knew I would work on it eventually. Mm -hmm. And I was very happy to step down and not be the director of it and I think that it was meant to be and who directed it was very meant to direct it for sure that's always cool to think about like the alternate like directorial choice for a movie like how mm-hmm. um Martin Scorsese almost did a version of uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with Jack oh. Nicholson and Marlon Brando Oh, really? But it never got off the ground. Imagine what that like. What that. That's would something. Like. Something that I don't think I understood for a really long time about films and TV and all that kind of stuff is that I didn't realize that the person who wrote it, the writer, like their vision of the story could be totally changed. Yeah, it's interesting. By being... the director, like I. Mm-hmm. That's something I didn't connect. Yeah. I was like, well, obviously, it's shown as it was. Like, and obviously, you know, they, they do sometimes work together. And there are cases like, where it's like, yeah. It's, I didn't know that, that those were two different, like, those it could be a completely different vision. Mm-hmm. And it would be, it would go over completely differently if someone yeah. else had directed it. Thankfully, I didn't think that was something that happened. Thankfully, Rain and I had more of like a, a really, wor- like, very symbiotic relationship with this movie. When, because like, we, we worked together. Um, like we, we work together full time, mm-hmm. uh, unless one of us is taking a day off and, uh, usually on drives or just like during lunchtime, we'll talk about like the stuff that we're doing. And, um, when it came to like talking about school, uh, when my script came up, 
We used to talk about it all the time when we would drive uh, to work back when I was still writing it. And don't get me wrong, when the script first started out, like before we developed it further in class with our teacher, Abigail Kinch, who is a great screenwriting teacher, um, she, she definitely helped me refine my script to what it is now because before that it was like total dog shit. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was very, very loose. And, um, Rain and I definitely bounced ideas off of each other. And, uh, whenever Rain would come to me later on, uh, and he was like, yeah, I want to direct your script and he'd bring me some ideas and be like, what if, what, what, what if the character's motivation was this instead of what you originally had it? And I, I felt really good about that because like, um, it meant that he was understanding the story and trying to think of ways to improve it instead of, you know, uh, just taking it and being like, no, 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 this is all wrong. You have to do it like this. And I felt like that really benefited us in, mm. in, in the long run. It's really cool how other people's opinions and stuff can like just totally evolve your one idea. Mm -hmm. And it's also so cool to see other people so excited in your idea. Yeah. Like that's awesome. That's, like, that's just... That's when your like energy is bouncing off of one another yeah. and you can only get like like further from there. Yeah. You can only get like more inspired mm -hmm. and more excited about the project. And honestly, I think that that's what like picks up and like a pro how like a project will take off is yeah. how excited is the team to actually get things moving because nothing will happen if nobody gives a shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's true. Like if the story is shit, if people read your script and they're like, yeah, it's okay. Nobody's going to come to set excited with a smile on their face, ready to go, excited to contribute to yeah, the project. Yeah, you want to feel passionate about what exactly. you're Exactly. Like, it, ask anybody and say, like... And you feed off of other people's energy, too. Yeah. Like, um... Especially the director. Mm -hmm. Plus, a 14-hour day won't feel like a 14-hour day. Exactly. Also, super big shout-out to our hosts uh, at the house we were fil filming at, because they whipped us up the best crafty dinner, <laughs> lunch, Aww. breakfast, like... Thank, thank you guys. I don't know if you'll listen to this, but thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we assume that everybody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, what I wanted to ask, um, for the people who like aren't in film school, didn't go to film school, mm -hmm. or like know much about the industry, what do you do? Because I know there's so many people out there who are like, well, they, they make movies. So like, that doesn't seem very hard. They just um, Ooh, yeah. make movies. Okay, I want to talk about the common misconception about film school. At least in our film school, mm. which was Capilano University, uh, boasts a center for film and animation, but it's called the Motion Picture Arts Program. Mouthful. Yeah, I know, right? Ugh. Anyway, so let me tell you. My personal experience. So I work in the real world, like, industry, like, huge, you know, CBS or Warner Brothers, big shows like that. And I'm basically the lowest person on set. Like, I am the lowest of the low. Like, maybe a step higher than, like, a background. You're, yeah, you're a step higher than background. <laughs> yeah, step higher than background 100%. actors. But you, like, you get to eat before background. Before yeah, it's true. So. It's and true. <laughs> yeah. That's some... They, they got, <laughs> yeah, they got you know, tears of royalty on set, man, when it's time to eat. Oh, Fuck. my God, yeah. But anyway, um... Yeah. So I'm, like, really down there. I'm at the entry-level job, and... Everybody would ask me like, oh, you know, like, what are you doing with your time? You go to school or whatever? And I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm going to school. And they usually expect me to answer with like, oh, psychology or kinesiology yeah. <laughs> or, you know, the cookie cutter answer of like... Business. What, yeah. Like anything that isn't arts. Yeah. As soon as you tell people that you're in an arts program, a fine mm -hmm. arts program, especially, not even just arts, but fine arts, they'll immediately look at you and go, 
I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, <laughs> throw um, shit. What, what are you pursuing? And I'm like, uh, motion picture arts. And they immediately will doubt me, shame me, mm-hmm. and then completely just question everything that I've ever, like, oh, you're going to film school? Like, you could have Googled that, you know. You could have YouTubed that. And honest to God, you will never experience what I experienced in school. And I'm sure Andy can also say the same. Fucking on YouTube and in anything online, you will never experience the shit no, that you experience no, in film school. Absolutely. You will not experience yeah. the relationship. It is, it is a very hands-on learning industry. No, yeah. yeah. Like you can't just read about it and do and it. And like by far one of the best things you take away from film school, which is prices, is the connections and like relationships that you make. Because like I know very confidently, or not that I know, but I feel very confidently that if I weren't to make it into one of the next years of film school. I could easily talk to any one of the friends that I've made, teachers or connections, and look for work. Yeah. And, you know, confidently feel that I'm going to get a response. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny what you said, Brooke, about, like, when you tell people what you do. Because I either, I get one of two reactions when I tell people I'm an actor. Like, when I'm getting my hair cut and the hairdresser's like, oh, so what do you do? Like, Mm. are you in school? Like, I'm always kind of weird about it. Because I can never just say, like, oh, I'm an actor. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I'm doing the acting thing. Yeah, like, why, why so do I've we got, I've got a part-time job. I've got a part-time job. Yeah. And the, it's either, it's either, oh, um, have I seen you in anything? Or it's, they're actually like, oh, whoa, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, good for you for doing that. It's literally one or the other. Yeah. It's never and like, there's oh, been times. There's been times where I've been at, like, a random hairdresser that I've never been to before, and I just need a quick cut, where they'll ask me, I'll be like, oh... Um, I'm a part-time retail worker. And sometimes I just don't tell them because I'm mm. just I don't want to go there. Want to go through the feeling of having to explain myself. Exactly. Yeah. Why the... should we have to explain ourselves just for doing what we're friggin' passionate about? Yeah. For yeah. the first couple months of like first year film school, when people ask me, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, I'm I'm a student." Yeah. I'm. I want to be an editor. And then, like, uh, I said that for the longest time. And then I went to a film festival with my friend and our our friend classmate, Spencer Zimmerman. Lovely, lovely fellow. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, no, Andy, you are an editor. Yeah. <laughs> Start saying that you are an editor to people. Yeah. Because we were at all these networking sessions and I was, like, being so washy about it. Yeah. And, like, now, now I say that because, you know, one of the, like, most important things I've learned as well through film school is that like the way you show yourself to people and the way people perceive you is also just as important as your skills like if you if you like like fake it till you make it is like a really shitty way of describing it but it's so true that's what i said in our first podcast i was saying Mm -hmm. that you have to act like you're supposed to be there for people to believe that you're supposed to be there Mm -hmm. exactly that's that's like when we're making our business cards Mm -hmm. in first year and I remember I was like, oh, what do I make the title? Like, I'm a student writer-director, but I, I don't feel confident enough to say I'm a writer-director. And I thought to myself, if you're an artist in any creative way, like creative way, you are an artist. Like, there's mm-hmm. no ifs, ands, buts, or whatever. So you know how much money you're making, what you've done, what yeah. you've been in. It's like, uh, it's anything is considered stupid. art. Art is subjective. Yeah. Therefore, I am a writer-director, and I should be confident about that, and I shouldn't mm-hmm. be wishy-washy about it. I shouldn't feel like I need to bow my head in shame when people ask me what I want to be or what I want to do. Especially if you're confident in your abilities. Exactly. It's just like... It's it's weird. People, like, in the outside world who, like, people who aren't into the arts and all that stuff, for some reason they look at our industry as something that's so unattainable. They're like, you're either a celebrity or you completely fail. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they don't know of all the 
thousands and thousands of people making a living working mm. on sets working in as an actor in a bunch of different things and sorry you don't know their name but they're still making a living and loving it mm, like it's not all like big budget productions like there's tv there's indie there's yeah. online there's web series there's exactly. theater there's like yeah. we're in the digital age like yeah. there's platforms and everywhere it's so weird that we like we like i don't feel confident to just be like i'm an actor because i'm not successful to their standards mm -hmm. of what they think this is Mm -hmm. It's like, I, no, I'm an actor. This I is an act. important ass discussion, I gotta say. Because, <laughs> yeah. Important like, ass. Important <laughs> ass. This is severely important because I'm feel I'm still tired of like feeling unconfident about the shit that I've been studying for yeah. years now. And it's hard ass work. You guys do slave labor on set for <laughs> hours and hours in whatever fucking weather they choose. What's your like? What What's your biggest nightmare story, bro? Because you've you've seen a whole lot of sets, <laughs> like like on set as yeah. a okay. Well, um, you know, not 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 trying to blacklist anybody. No, but let's like, trigger some anxiety starters. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'd say I'll talk. Okay, I can freely talk about this being my worst day on set, and this is this is like me questioning like I might change careers so this was like literally I think the fourth day ever as a PA like ever and it was like March so it was and it's in Vancouver so it's pretty cold and you know me being a green you know person in this industry I didn't know about like well, this sounds really naive when I say it a lot, but, like, obviously this is, in retrospect, me being, I know so much more now, but, like, I didn't bring any, like, weatherproof clothing. Like, I basically had layered on three pairs of leggings, and I was a student, I didn't have any money, so, like, it was either if I couldn't find it at the thrift store, too bad I couldn't find it. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's all there is to it. So, I had, like, three layers of pants on, and, like, a ton of layers of like fleeces that I got at the thrift store and then I had like a Helly Hansen jacket that I also got at the thrift store. Basically my entire outfit was thrifted. And I thought that was suffice. Uh, but then I went on set and we were on this massive like steep, 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 steep hill. And we were shooting at the very bottom and for whatever reason our gear stash and like all of our, you know, heavy equipment was like at least three blocks up this hill. Oh god. And the PAs were given the task. Oh, and did I mention this was an overnight shoot? So this was oh, like God. 3 p.m. to 7 a.m. What was your role? I was just PA. Okay. So, oh, God. yeah. So they're telling me like, and also there's like, I don't even know how many PAs we have on set, but there's a lot because you have to cover three plus blocks. And For people who don't know what a PA is, would anyone like to explain? Uh, oh, yeah. Let's go well, I think I did this in the first podcast. Did you talk about it? Yeah, how... Uh, I think I'd talked about. I wouldn't know because I definitely didn't listen to it three times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a quick refresher. A PA, or also known as a production assistant, is a person on set who gets thrown around like a dirty rag and gets asked to do everything nobody else wants to do. Wow, that's not accurate. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, like you're doing this the stuff that the crew doesn't want to do, but you got to do it for the team. It, honestly, it's a rite of passage. Locations department, that's the department PAs belong to, is honestly just a huge department that just takes one for the team. Yeah. We're constantly, we're the reason why, you know, random people don't walk onto set when we're shooting in public. We're the reason why the public stays quiet when we roll. We're the reason why, uh, like, I don't know, we literally, we're, we're, we're the reason why locations are kept the way they are and that people are allowed to come back for filming. Like, we take care of the location. We assist the, the co-crew. Like, 
the duties vary by the day and by the show and by the boss and everything. But... It's the equivalent of like a laborer on a construction site. That's it's, exactly. Yeah, it, like if you're starting out, everybody's got to do it. Yeah, it's just the it's a shitty job. Like you're you're sweeping butts off the street. You're cleaning garbages. You're watching generators for hours upon hours. Mm. And I'm talking like twelve to fifteen hours. You're watching a generator. It's just it, it's kind of like brainless activity it's not stimulating but you know that everybody who is above that has been a pa before it's it's character building it honestly is but anyway i wasn't done talking about my terrible ass day oh yeah i'm so sorry (laughs) okay (laughs) so anyway they decided okay all the pas gotta haul all the gear i don't know why like today like i mean this was two years ago Mm -hmm. not that long but like still i don't know maybe the show's shit changes anyway I was moving huge tents, like, you know, the tents that you would pop over, like, Crafty Station, which is, like, just the snack table Mm -hmm. on set. Um, I I was carrying those, and, like, I think they're, like, easily, some of the big ones are 40 to 50 pounds. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was a stick. I mean, I still (laughs) am. I still am. But I was a stick back in the day, two years ago. I'm I'm maybe a tiny bit less of a stick now, because I've, like, lifted (laughs) a quite bit more. But let me tell you... (laughs) I was dying, and I had, it was pouring rain, it was the middle of the night, it was like 3 a.m., and here I am, just super enthusiastic, because I'm on set, and I'm on a real film set, and I'm making, like, decent money, which is, if you if you don't know, a PA rate is basically minimum wage calculated into, like, a 15-hour day, and that, you make minimum wage, but because of the overtime, it ends up being a decent amount, but anyway. That's just, like, the one, like, thing that, like, keeps you going. Exactly. Is the money. Is the money. And, and the small chance, or, you know, I shouldn't say small, because I, I truly believe that everyone who is a really hardworking PA and sticks to it, mm. they will eventually move up. Because no, I've yeah. seen everybody move up just from the past couple summers that I've you worked. You gain respect from exactly. the crew. Because, yeah. like, once they see that you'll go through shit, like, they know that you're tough as nails. Yeah. Mm. So, it was pouring rain. I was lifting all this gear. Yeah. Like, you have to go through this shit, too, before you can... <laughs> But I remember the tipping point for me was leaning up against... Okay, so they put me in a lockup, which Mm -hmm. is basically like... I feel like I'm explaining every other term I say. Because the film industry has so much terminology. It's a whole other language. It is. No, yeah. But uh, I was at a a lockup, and um, basically it's... You have to stay in this one spot and do the one job they tell you to do, and that's it. It's basically like your duty for the whole day. Or half day or whatever long. You said duty. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> shooting the duty. Uh, I leaned up against the cement pillar, which I didn't have any seat. Oh my god, my legs were killing me. And I had my three layers of pants on. It's pouring rain. I have no umbrella. I am sad as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I lean up against the cement, and guess what? Oh god, all the rain in the puddle just seeped through all three layers of my clothing, and I just remember being so sad. And I'm like 3 a.m. freezing, and there's the crafty station right across from me, and I just waddle over, and I get up like a cup, and I fill it with hot water, and I'm only holding on to it just for the warmth, because I didn't have... No, I did have gloves, but guess what? They soaked through. But I remember it being like the worst day ever, and I went home, and I I think I cried. I think I cried to my mom and I said, I don't even know if I want to do this. Like, is this worth it? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know, like, yeah. maybe this is just one bad day. Like, you know, and, and it's true. Every day on set is completely different from one to the next. It's, yeah. no one is the same. And it says something about your passion for it, right? For the whole industry. You keep coming back. It's just like how when people 
say like oh they want to be an actor it's like okay well do you mm. actually really love acting or yeah. are you thinking this is an easy track to like fame and whatever because if you think that's what this is like yeah. you're you're gonna quit yeah because well, it yeah. is rejection 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 yeah. rejection 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 yeah like nothing's ever good enough and you might never even get famous so like you can't be in it for that or but at the, the same time you, the, you can't like think that way like yeah. you can't think so negatively and it's a, and i try and tell myself this like literally every day it's really hard to like really let this message soak in and take my own advice <laughs> but you can't be negative you can't say like you know i'm gonna get rejected forever and that's just the way it is like you've got to Think positively, like make no, a yeah, goddamn you, you like, keep... poster board with your goals on it. You gotta look at it every day. You gotta say, I'm gonna accomplish this and believe in it. You have to, uh, Read in the, the words of La La Land, believe <laughs> that there is another day of sun. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, believe there's another day of sun. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'm crazy for thinking maybe one day, like, I'll actually make it in this industry. Um, but you just gotta keep believing. So I think another thing we were talking about was oh yeah oh yeah oh my gosh i don't think i ever got around to talking about the um the 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 attitude i get towards film school oh yes, yeah, yeah 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 what, what what the hell do you guys do in film school oh yeah yeah that's what i was trying to get at but anyway basically to sh- short form of it is that absolutely everyone will judge you for going to film school and like it's all over you know movie set memes page yeah. and like people just shit talk film students yeah and like it's I can't even, I, I don't even want to put energy into talking about it because it's just such a negative, like, mm. avenue that I don't want to go down anymore. I only want to be positive. I've graduated now, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, let's let's talk about what we did in film school. Well, like, it's, it, like, sometimes I talk to people and they're like, oh, like, all you do is just make movies mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, <laughs> no, like, we, we still have tests. Like, we still do paperwork. It's still hard. Like, like, yeah. especially, like, 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 especially in the producing class, like, Half of that shit is math. And Literally. none of us are good at math. <laughs> so, like, it's still a challenge. Um, yeah. You guys have actual structured classes. No, yeah. Like, 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 like we have... Yeah. Yeah, we have exams. We have, uh, uh, like, syllabuses sometimes. With, <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah with, with, like, you know, criteria. And, like, some classes have textbooks, but... <laughs> Fuck that. I mean, we did have textbooks. <laughs> you guys do get books, though. The thing is, is that even if we did get textbooks, chances are, like... We all wanted to read it anyway because mm. they were all interesting. Like we had a directing textbook, and that was no, pretty yeah. interesting. Like I won't lie, there was one textbook which was pretty awesome, which was this mini tiny book. It was like oh, I it, it, it was like 150 like film terms or something like that, and oh, it was and it's so cute and tiny. Yeah, A to Z film terms yeah. or something. Yeah, mm. it's like literally like a dollar That's on Amazon. That's really yeah. important to know, by the way. Any actors like, who are listening, mm. please learn those terms because. The fucking crew will hate you if you have no idea what they're talking. We about. can literally do a podcast about film terminology. Yeah, <laughs> like I can yeah, that's go a all... whole podcast. Oh yeah, no. And it's like the size of your hands. You can put it in your back pocket or like <laughs> yeah. have just it whip in, it like... out. Yeah. You need. Wait, what did you say? Yeah, it's, it's just like one of those old, you know, like uh like english to whatever language dictionaries that people used to travel around with. yeah, well, yeah before yeah. It phones is. existed. Film is a different language. It is. But yeah, anyway, to to jump back to what our Mm-hmm. courses are we took okay one thing to address the comment of you guys only make movies i'm sorry do you not know how difficult it is to make yeah. a movie it is yeah. not easy have you tried even making oh. a shitty movie no yeah Dude, <laughs> even making a shitty movie the room took some effort like you <laughs> saw the friggin uh you know mockumentary that was yeah. made with james franco like 
The 40 takes for one line. Yeah, it is like, even if it's a shit movie, it is going to be difficult to make. And, I mean, hopefully you're not making shitty movies, but mm. we all make shitty movies. It's it's bound to happen, especially as beginners. <laughs> and sometimes the most valuable lessons come from the shittiest of movies. Dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Like, I mean, even like just being a grip or being a lamp hop on someone's shitty movie can mm. teach you, I mean, loads of information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like every every production has a different crew. And like seeing how different crews operate will also tell you about people's work ethic. Like... If you hear a nightmare story about, like, a crew where it's, like, the director was really, really bad and, you know, the crew was just, like, what's going on here? It's, like, you, you understand that that, that that was the weak link in the system it was, was the director. And if, there, if they had a different director, everything would be just good. Or, yeah. or, or sometimes it's, like, a whole, like, lighting crew that just isn't on their game and that just slows down production. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, movies cannot be made without teamwork. And exactly. Teams, like... It doesn't, and another thing we talked about in film school too is that like a lot of projects or big feature films, they're only credited to the directors. Mm. The writers are like gone. Like, see ya, who wrote it? I don't know. Or friggin', unless it's a writer director, of course. But like, you know, editors especially Mm. are like completely in the background. Like, that's the one thing I found so weird about one of my favorite movies is Apocalypse Now. And like, so many people have seen it, but. I didn't really notice this until like the fifth time I watched it was that there are no credits at the end of that movie. I'm pretty sure it just fades instantly to black. Really? I may I may be wrong, but I distinctly and yeah, if 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 I'm wrong, somebody will crucify me. But like if yeah. let's fact check it. Yeah, no, let let's fact check it. But I swear to God, my mom's sitting at home. That's not true. It's <laughs> <That is> not true. <laughs> like like I I swear that movie ends. There, there's no credits at the beginning except for the title of the movie, and there's no credits at the end. It just fades to black. And I didn't notice the first couple of times because I was so mm-hmm. entranced by the absolute masterfulness that is. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola is directing in that movie but pretty shitty that he decided not to credit that because if you know the history of making that movie you understand that the crew definitely deserves I, a credit I, I, I'm I never, trying to figure this out here I never used to read credits no yeah until I started mm. hanging out with film people and like yeah. people who I don't know I've never really had a group of friends who's interested in the same thing as me so this is very new for me um, but like all of a sudden like I, I'm watching a movie with a group of friends who are as interested in the movie mm. as I am. And not even just the plot, like, the whole making of it. Mm. And then, like, I, I, I was like, the movie was over and I was ready to go. And then everyone was just still sitting there, sitting and reading the credits. And I was no, like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? That's totally something that everybody should do is stay mm-hmm. for the credits. Because yeah. those people worked so fucking hard. And... It's also very interesting because as the more you read it, you'll start recognizing names from different movies, and it's just really. Cool and you'll understand that there's like roles that you never yeah, even knew there, existed. There are thousands of people working on that movie. Mm, like you have no idea. Like when I went to go see Endgame with some friends, at the end of the movie, I was staying for the credits. Not not only because you know, like now mm. I now because of film school, I stay for the credits to show my appreciation for you know the hard work yeah. that's been put in. But also, you know, it's a Marvel movie. You don't know what's going to be at the end of it. Sadly, there was no end clip except for that big, like, actor's signature thing. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'm I'm, I'm getting off topic. But um, I was sitting there, and my one friend, who's not in film school, he he goes to the same university as us, but he's there for business. And um, he was like, come on, let's go. Like, like, I don't want to sit here and watch the credits. I'm like, hey, man, like, show some appreciation for the people who worked in this movie. 
And then he's like, oh, yeah, I totally care about. And then he starts reading and then he's like second unit the uh director of photography daniel <laughs> daniel dam or something like that <laughs> and, and, and 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 just starts making fun of everybody's names and 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 and, and he's like what's a what what w- w- what's a grip oh, and boy. and and i'm like come on man just like it's like yeah people work hard they do and I, yeah i almost mm. feel like you don't give a shit though until like you understand how much work you go to. no yeah. yeah yeah and they, they they'll be like oh these people in the credits or whatever but try to tell me that someone if they told this random person who doesn't know film that well like oh yeah i worked on the avengers movie they'd be like shit that no yeah no oh my god Th- to be honest that's one of my favorite things is telling people like pa'd on like a huge movie mm. yeah yeah yeah. they're like holy shit did you meet you know blah 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 so and so and i'm like and that's the funniest thing is that everybody always takes a second turn. It like if you tell anybody, like yeah. we said earlier, hey, I go to film school, or like, oh, I want to be a filmmaker. They're like, okay, cool. But as soon as you're like, oh yeah, I PA'd on Deadpool two, yeah. and 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 it's like PA, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they're like, oh my god, wow, Deadpool two. Like you're making it in the big. You must leagues. be friends with Ryan Reynolds. Oh my god, give me his contact number. It, I want to meet him. It, Go it, call it's me. like now I have your attention. Yeah, now right? you're interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Or like when you direct your first short film and you bring it home and everyone's like, ooh, you're making movies. Yeah. When you told them you were going to go to fine arts school for film, they go, mm, yeah, what career are you going to get with that? Yeah. I remember, I remember showing someone um, one of the films I was in by you guys um, and showing it to them and them being like, wow, like this looks like a real movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, you'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, as soon as somebody says, wow, this looks like a real movie. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, they're learning to make movies, mm-hmm. good movies. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's hard obviously it's, obviously it's not going to look like if you were just to pick up a camera and make a movie. Yeah. They're doing hard actual work and learning shit. Like you can't just be like. Yeah, it's, I don't know. That that phrase just really irked me. And, like, even if you have, like, the top, top-notch equipment, if you know nothing about, like, actually making a movie, you could have the most expensive Ari Alexa in the game and you still have something that looks like a YouTube video. Yeah. Literally. Mm. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like I've seen people who take, like, DSLRs and film, uh, like, a shot of a movie for it, like, after, the, after they filmed the movie with a completely different camera, and then through editing and post... And the settings on the camera, they make it look just as good. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just comes down to what you know and your skills. Yeah, and I, your confidence. Exactly. And I struggle with editing, like, a stupid YouTube video. Like, <laughs> that's supposed to look like whatever. Like, I struggle so hard with that. It's like, if you think that this is easy, just, just, just please. Especially when there's a lot of eyes. Something. Try mm-hmm. and make something. But the most important thing is that the story, like, holds... What's the word? Holds water? Holds uh, weight? Yeah, holds weight, I'd say. Yeah, like, it, like, the story has to be good. It could look like a YouTube video. It could look like them. it was shot with a toaster. But if it's quality content, mm-hmm. if it's actually, if it's funny or if it's interesting or it's dramatic, people will watch it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, when they get out of the theater, sure, they might say, you know, that quality was kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Or they might be like, that story was really good despite it being really crap quality. Yeah. For example, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Was, I mean, it was, solo budget. Mm, yeah, it was made on, like, a shoestring. And, like, because of the writing and the acting, like, it stands now as, like, still a really funny movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, Trailer Park Boys when I first yeah. started out. That was, like, oh literally a camcorder. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, 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 like, the first ever... This, is, this isn't film. This is TV. An animated TV. But still, like, the first episode, like, the pilot of South Park, 
was all like cut out like yeah. paper yeah <laughs> it was like paper on on a desk and they would cut out the mouth mm-hmm. and like make it different shapes each time they had to make a different word yeah like stop motion yeah. uh-huh. and like it didn't look fantastic but when you learn that and especially how funny the writing is in that show it's like you understand like you know as, as long as you have good content mm-hmm. you know you, people people will watch and if you show that you can make good content especially mm-hmm. with shitty equipment that's when people will take notice and give you better equipment so you can make better content. Yeah, and that's like that's really pretty much what pilots are. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you if you want to make a web series, you put it on YouTube and Story Hive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You just you pitch it and then you will be given the equipment to make it look more high quality. Mm-hmm. But they're looking for story above anything. Yeah. Above absolutely anything, story is the king that takes everything. Yeah, and also if people can see that you truly care about something and are excited and passionate about something, they'll be like, oh, like we should watch this because this person is really putting their all into it. That is not something that what makes yeah that's what makes something interesting. Yeah, is seeing that there's people like nobody wants to watch a video that someone's like, oh yeah, it's whatever. You'd be like, oh yeah, like I made this video and I'm trying really hard and all this stuff, and it's like, oh. Shit, okay, cool. I want to see that. Um, but I want to say back to the uh, shaming thing. I was thinking... <laughs> great topic. Yeah, great, great topic. Excuse um, me. Do you uh, need some water? Uh, actually, the water was the thing that made me cough in oh, the first place. <laughs> um, but, like, it's it's so weird how people feel they have the right to be like, Oh, well, uh, tell me, tell me, oh, so you want to be an actor? Tell me what you've succeeded with. Tell me, go ahead, tell me. Oh, do you make enough money for that? Oh my god! Doing that, do you? Literally, do you? none of people's you business. You would never oh, yeah. go after a, a nursing student yeah. and be like, "Okay, so how you much money? Be a nurse? How many lives yeah. have you saved? <laughs> Show yeah. me. Do you make enough doing that? Is that what is? What's your plan B? What? Why does everyone yeah, think? Yeah, the the, oh. the thing the thing I hate the most, and th- th- this just fired me up just now. This <laughs> yeah. lit the fucking logs <laughs> underneath my ass. The plan B. Yeah, yeah. is is like whenever anybody's Shit. like, "Oh, so if it doesn't work out, what's your plan B?" It's oh. like, "Fuck you." I okay, yeah. I've been asked that before by a family member. Absolutely doubt they're listening. But I've been asked that before <laughs> by a family member. And it was just like, what do you mean? You got a message from Uncle Joan. <laughs> looks pissed. Uncle Joan. That scared me for a second. I'm like, you're going to say Uncle Joan. I kind of have an Uncle Joan. <laughs> and also my dad's name is Joe. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I was asked that. And I was like, oh, man. Like, really? <laughs> like, dude. What do you mean plan B? Mm-hmm. If I was if I was like, oh yeah, like I think I'm gonna be a writer. Or mm-hmm. like I'm gonna be a dancer. Like, oh really? Mm-hmm. Do you have a plan B? No, or if yeah. I was gonna be like, oh I wanna be a lawyer. Yeah. Be like, oh cool. Good for you. You're amazing. Yeah. You're so brave and smart. Good luck with the bar. Yeah. Study hard. Yeah. Dude, shout out to all the artists out there trying to grind, trying to make, mm. you know, freelance and money and make enough money to to keep themselves afloat while still, you know, showing up showing their art off. Fucking, you keep going, man. You also, keep going. Also, I just realized we made this whole industry sound really scary and yeah. awful. Okay, but um, to be we fair, don't we're mean, being realistic. Yeah, no, yeah. We don't mean not to join it. Like, if you if you like this, then absolutely do it and just start it. Nobody cares what, like, you shouldn't care what anybody thinks. But mm-hmm. it is hard, just so you know. Oh, another thing I wanted to touch on is, I mean, we're talking about the plan B and the rude people and people who shame us. And... <laughs> This is going to sound really negative and like, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. (laughs) These people exist in the industry and they're the reason why this industry is so cutthroat and so savage Mm. because people are, you know, they jump at you 
like if they even get a hint of oh you want to be successful oh yeah yeah like dude everybody is so like they want to discourage brutal. everyone mm. because they're they're jealous they see a new young and passionate person and they're getting old and their passion is fading it's exactly like, it like mm. they wish that they were you they wish that you were young had energy and like all this stuff and it's like they're like oh shit like and that's I always the thing want to knock like... this person off their feet know that they'll never be anything but and... i will yeah, like that that that's always the thing is like now now that we're still young it's good to have that fire and passion because mm-hmm. as long as you have that fire and passion you will want to keep doing what you want to do. Yeah. It's like as soon as you're oh, like exactly. yeah, yeah, as soon as you start doubting yourself that's when you're like Yeah, if I didn't really love acting, I would so not be doing it anymore. Yeah, if if it yeah, if I wasn't as passionate about like making shit all yeah. like especially all my life, like all my life I'm like I want to make shit. Um, yeah. it's like I'd probably be like becoming a plumber or something. <laughs> Just yeah, something like, that something that's gonna pay the bills. Yeah, know? like I have to PA to pay my bills. And mm. it's like if I didn't if I didn't love this job, I wouldn't do it because it honest to God, like it eats when you away, look at it on the surface level, it eats away yeah. your entire health, mm-hmm. your mental health, your physical health, your like friggin' everything family in- life, social life. Oh, Literally. Yeah. Okay, like when you enter in this industry, you're required to take a course called the motion picture industry orientation. And you literally need to get a certification from this course to prove to the union like that you've taken it and that you fully understand mm-hmm. like what you're getting yourself into. And no shit, the book on page twenty, I just pulled it out the other day to show my stepdad, and it literally says, you know, the repercussions of working in the film industry. And it lists off anxiety, depression, loss of relationships. Uh, like, it literally lists off Substance everything. Substance abuse. Substance abuse. <laughs> literally, like, anything negative you could imagine, it is associated with the goddamn industry. And that needs to change. And people mm. are trying to change it. They're no, trying to minimize, like, 15-hour yeah. days down to 12. And, like, honestly, the 12th hour, that's when shit hits the fan. No, yeah. That's yeah. when you really get exhausted. And yeah. I can handle 12. But 15 kicks you really yeah. far down. I like, like I've seen camera operators fall asleep while they're, like, just waiting for the next shot. Or I've seen, like, lighting people, like, in the middle of putting a gel, which is, like, a little colored plastic sheet over top of a light. Uh, for those of you who don't know. Uh, like, also, like, <laughs> yeah. also fall asleep for while they're putting that. At home. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, like, like, people will fall asleep at their feet. And you don't know that that can happen until you see it happen. Yeah, yeah. and... The reason why we work 15-hour days is because it's so expensive to hire a crew mm-hmm. for, like, eight eight hours. It's not worth it to keep people only yeah. for eight hours. Like, it takes, like, an hour and a half just to set up for the first scene mm. of the day, usually. And then you have, have, have however many shots after that, which could be eight to 12 or however many, depending on the director. Or it could be two or four. You have no idea. But, like... Sometimes to just to get through one scene of the day, it could take hours and hours. And if the workday was limited to eight hours, you might only shoot four pages of the mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And then you're you've got a whole feature film, which, you know, it could be friggin' it could be a hundred and sixty pages up to like I don't know four like however yeah. many is you know everybody like they depend on the feature film. Depending but, on the scale. Yeah, but like, that's the reason why is because literally the money and the and the time it's just like it's cheaper to pay people the overtime mm-hmm. rather than to start a whole new day and the budget on these productions is like immense yeah it's like, like in the millions. millions like i think the vancouver industry brought in like upwards of like five billion or more i'm gonna have to fact check that again yeah so it's like like 20th century fox and universal are not gonna worry about paying a p like 30 pas overtime 
Because they have millions of dollars to spend on the budget. Okay, here I got the facts. BC's film industry generated $3.4 billion for the local economy last year. What, mm. what was the source? Uh, this is dailyhive.com, which is... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll get another source. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Just the, the whole university thing came back. <laughs> yeah, you know. What's the source? Okay, here's another one. This is the vancouvereconomic.com, and it's the exact same amount. All right. And this was for 2017, making Vancouver the third largest production center in North America. No, yeah, it is Holly, it, it, it's Hollywood North, and that's yeah. so true. Because, like, you, like, like it's especially living in Vancouver, which is something awesome that I didn't really realize until, like, you know, became older, is, like, our city is on screen, like, so much. Yeah. But it's never Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, our city has been portrayed as, our city has been portrayed as Vancouver, Washington. Right. That, that that goes to show you, like, how often our city has been portrayed as different cities. Or it's always, like, rainy Seattle. Yeah, rainy Seattle. Um, Romantic, rainy Seattle. Boston. <laughs> like, no, bitch, we in fucking rainy-ass rainy Vancouver. Just no, yeah. anywhere but Vancouver. Like, yeah. it just could be some obscure, tiny little city in some random exactly. state. Yeah, like, like mm-hmm. hello, no, the whole Twilight series Vancouver. was in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Like not Forks, Washington. No, yeah, Twilight was not filmed in the U.S. and don't let them tell you otherwise. And Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool lives in Vancouver. Yeah, Deadpool is a Vancouverite, Dude. and he saves the city. There's so many talented talented people from Canada. Oh my god. No, yeah, dude. CanCon is off the map in this day and age. Also, just saying that, I also wanted to mention something that came in my head um, earlier. But people think like for like writers, directors, anybody in the arts that like if you're good at what you do, you'll immediately shoot to the top. So if you're not shooting to the top, obviously you're not good. Mm-hmm. And that's what no. pisses me off. Not so yet. many people are so like amazing, excellent mm-hmm. actors and and they just aren't there. And that's not because they're not a great actor. That's to do with a whole bunch mm-hmm. of other shit. Like Oh, people! People are talented, but don't always get there, and that's that's not that's just how it works. And also, there are always like directors and writers who don't become good directors until they're like in their forties. Mm-hmm. Literally, it is a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Wor- I mean, yeah. like this craft takes years yeah, to master. Exactly, years. years. And don't feel shitty about yourself if you can't master it within two mm-hmm. years of film school. Mm-hmm. It's like a martial art. You're like you're not gonna become a black belt in a year. Exactly. It's like you're you're gonna do that shit for like at least a decade. And just because you know your inspiration or your role model might have succeeded in creating their first feature film before they were twenty five. Yeah. You know? Okay, that's that's fine. And mm-hmm. like yes, that's good to accomplish things when you're young and fresh and whatever. But like, do not expect this of yourself. Mm-hmm. Do not expect. Don't. And don't compare yourself to that standard. Create a new standard mm-hmm. for yourself that's, you know, actually achievable mm-hmm. and that you can congratulate yourself for. It's like so many directors started in TV and then went up to like low budget TV movies and then went up to like feature length films once they were like, you know, trusted upon that. And then that that's when they became huge directors. So it's like even if you're starting off with YouTube videos or if you're doing like web series or if you're just like doing wedding videos or something, like don't worry. Just like keep learning as much as you can yeah because once you gain all that experience that's when it's gonna pay off mm-hmm. it's, is it's mm-hmm. experience is yeah huge mm-hmm. like even on your resume like people don't care if you went to film school for two or four years mm-hmm. they will care if you have two or four years of work experience yeah 
because they'll see this person has, you know, mm-hmm. they've grinded. They've, like, you know, they've gone up the ladder or they've learned through hands-on experience. And that's kind of the shitty part because we, we do It's wish... hard to get your foot in the door and yeah. get that first bit of work. And that's the, I think that's the hardest part. Like, For sure. That's why I think film school is really great because it's, like, a very safe place to kind of, like, ease in. It's it, There's enough pressure in there to show you how much pressure you're going to be on under, but it's a good transition instead of going straight into PA. Yeah, and also another thing is, you know, a lot of people told me, you know, why don't you just PA and make your way all the way up to, you know, production manager or producer? And here's my answer. So when I was in film school, I took producing classes, so did Andy, and we now understand what is expected of a producer mm. and how much work they have under their belt. You can't fuck up as a producer. And if I were to just make my way up as a PA, I would never, like, I don't know when I would ever be in the shoes of a producer unless I was, you know, shadowing them or I was in the room and I knew exactly what they were doing, how I would find that out. Mm -hmm. If, like, I would have to dedicate years as a PA or more just to get up and it's like, I now know what I want to do just because of film school Mm -hmm. because I've sampled every single... I've sampled editor, I've sampled screenwriter, I've sampled, you know, director or production designer, grip, lamp off. I've I've tried everything. I've tried sound design. Mm -hmm. Me and Andy did Foley for Ink Splotches. exactly. Like, we've tried Foley artists. We've done, uh, you know... um, automatic dialogue replacement Mm -hmm. we've done like everything and there's no way that you can even taste that as a PA there's Mm -hmm. no No, way you will not even ever be in a post house as a PA if you're Mm -hmm. on set like you had to have to like you know venture off into post houses and then get a PA job through there it's a whole other different Mm -hmm. section or or like maybe if you're like a PA at a studio and like since you're always running errands maybe you'd be lucky that somebody would like let you in and then you yeah it's super off chance uh post houses are completely separate from production Mm -hmm. houses anyway so and that's the other thing that that you that you learn everything is like separate like even though everything's a unit and a team Mm -hmm. like you'll be on set but then post-production will take place months later Sometimes in a completely different city. Exactly. Mm. Or like, or, or like the production office will be like, you know, like ten miles away from set. Yeah, like, well, like I like, think the production offices are technically usually like on set with the production because ah, you see, that's what happens with the editors; they're never there. So, like, <laughs> I know for a fact that it's more common for uh, productions to have you know pre-production and production take place in Vancouver, mm-hmm. but then all the media is sent down to LA. Yeah, and all the post is done in LA. But we're slowly gaining, like, a reputation in Vancouver for post-production. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Which is great for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. So, overall, film school is a, a go. It's Honestly, a like, if, if you're passionate about this and you know that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life, go to film school. But if you're just, like, if you're, like, yo, I want to make. I want an easy way to go to school and still be able to say I went to school. Yeah. My mom and dad wanted me to go to a post-secondary, yeah. so I picked the easiest thing without no essays, so I went to a film school. Shut the fuck up. Go to film school. <laughs> like, go to film school if you want to make movies. If yeah. you... And pay your own tuition if you... Ugh, my God. Maybe I'm just saying this because I paid my own tuition. I'm salty about people who get their <laughs> tuition paid. But yeah. I... I'm grinded, man. Self-paid. Off, you know, I mean, I still got student loans. Yeah, dude, student <laughs> loans are gonna suck. Yeah. I think, you think me and Andy are in the same boat here, mm-hmm. but like, it's, we're basically no self funded. AKA the government. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's, it's. Oh, yeah. Bursaries and awards, apply for that. Sorry to throw <laughs> yeah. it in there, but like, sometimes, like, straight up, <laughs> people don't take that shit, and that's free money. No, literally. That is free money. I, you know, oh my god, I made the 
critical error of not realizing that you could get bursaries at mm-hmm. cap yeah until second year and i was like oh my god i just went through a whole year and i could have three grand in my pocket because mm-hmm. i did this year now because cap gave me 1400 term like i didn't even have to i didn't have to write an essay i didn't have to do shit no, all yeah. i put on there was yeah, I'm poor, and uh, yeah, I need money. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm poor. <laughs> and, and and if you need the money, like, you truly need the money, they will give you the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, ask for financial assistance, mm-hmm. for sure. Don't feel, don't feel like, oh, I'm my pity, oh, I'm so It's poor. like, it's not always the son of the producer who's going to get the job. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, there is financial assistance. Don't, don't worry, you don't have to be born into it. For sure. Dude, ugh. Like, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. <laughs> so, as we're nearing our time limit of an hour. Um, what? This isn't the Joe Rogan part? We're not going to go for five? Oh, I wish. I could go for five, honestly. <laughs> I could go for five. I could talk for so long. Wait, there's a podcast where it's five Dude, hours? Dude, when Joe Rogan interviewed... Shout out to other podcasts. When, <laughs> when, uh, when, when Joe Rogan interviewed... What's his name? Uh, Alex Jones from InfoWars. Like, he was on, like, like usually every Joe Rogan podcast is, like, two hours, three hours. And then, like, after the third hour, he's like, do you have anywhere to go? Like, you have to catch a flight. He's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to catch the flight. And he stayed there for, like, another two hours. That's talking sick. about, psych, like, psychic lobsters and shit, man. It was awesome. That's so That's random. That's cool. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any final words or fun antidotes? Anything? Skillabop, um, skillabop. <laughs> Film school's fun. No, Give that's what you call a callback. <laughs> <laughs> make 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 friends wow. make as many friends as you can in film school like be 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 just positive and we're all a bunch of freaks we're all nerds we're all geeks and i love us yeah and 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 that's the best thing about university is being with like-minded people because you real like high school you Facts. high school you're like i'm the only one who likes film or like i'm the only one who likes to draw or, like, that's I'm, true that's true I'm yeah, the, nobody else gives a shit about movies i'm the only one who likes to act but then as soon as you go to university and you get into your field you're like there are other like-minded people and that mm-hmm. really gives you a like big confidence boost in my opinion and because, it's just like, so exciting to no, finally yeah. be able to discuss things that you love with not only one person but a room yeah full a room of full of people. people and have friggin role models as teachers who mm-hmm. are real industry professionals who would love to talk to you no like, yeah I have great relationships with all my professors no, like, yeah. more so than in high school mm-hmm. because I think that there's a different level really quick little comment here but I think there's a whole another shift in energy when you move from high school to post-secondary in high school teachers are rude to yeah. they treat you like you're you're a kid and that's all you are yeah and in university they're like i see you as an adult and we're gonna speak together like adults there's nothing to hide with each other it's just like mm-hmm. there's finally mutual respect i felt like such a like a dis you know there's no balance in high school because it was like i was always lower mm-hmm. than them always i was always a kid that didn't know anything mm-hmm. but yeah film school is an amazing experience mm-hmm. it may be expensive i mean i will you know, proudly say that my diploma cost me approximately twenty four thousand, but uh, it's fine. No, yeah. Uh, because that is that is I have my whole life to pay that off, and that is one of the like also it's life changing experience. About. Yeah, like it changed my life. I'll forever go on the rest of my life being like that. That two years that mm. was some kick ass shit. Like, I had some fun there. I learned a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like 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 if I spent twenty four grand learning to become a lawyer. I would be like, oh, why did I spend two years and all that money to learn to become <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, exactly. Spend your money on what you're passionate about yeah. or else you will regret it. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, moral of this podcast, follow your dreams. If you want to make movies, pay 24000 to make movies. Dream yeah. big. And always say that big things are coming. Yes, because big things are
coming. Yes, even if you don't see them, they're just around the corner. Alrighty, so um, definitely let us know if you'd like to have Andy back on the podcast again. He could talk about his sort of acting silly side. He does improv. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> um, oh, our going red. Yeah, let us know uh, if you want to see him again. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.